I love that song. It's just like, I, I wore that song out so much that eventually I just had to stop playing it, Christine, me and you both. Me and Christine were like vibing on this song for like six months back and forth during the pandemic. And I want to give you a passage today that you may have heard, but maybe you will grow from it today in a different way. It's Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. If you're new to O'Fallon, welcome. So glad to have you. It matters. Your face in this house makes all the difference. Your presence in this house, good to see you again, makes all the difference. When we come together, it lights up the heavens. Danny, so good to see Danny and her family. It's been a while. Oh, Lord. How long has it been? A year? Last March? But she stuck with us. She's still there. Thank you. It means so much. And the people are still there. Sometimes you wonder, are they still there? They say, I'm still here. See you in a couple more months <laughs> for good reason. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 through 13. How many remember Jesus and was friends with, you know, Lazarus, Mary and Martha and Bethany? They're, they're siblings and Jesus was close to them. How many remember me talking about, you know, this guy Lazarus and he died and, and then Mary criticized, I mean, sorry, Martha criticized Jesus because she was trying to cook dinner and he was trying to like pray and teach. And she's like, what are you doing? I got to get the table ready. Why don't you come help me? You're taking my sister. And he's like, no, what she did is better. How many remember that? So now the scripture talks here indirectly about what we believe or the theologians believe to be, again, Lazarus's house, even though it's referred to as Simon the leper. And Mary, the anonymous woman in this passage, because guess where he was again? He was in Bethany again. He had something for Bethany. He was, he was close to these people. It says in verse 6, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask, a very costly fragrant oil, very costly. They said it was a year's worth wages, of denarii, a year's denarii, like 300. That's like a lot of money to, to, to do what she's about to do. And, and it was like a year's worth. That's how much this little thing of oil cost. And she poured it on his head. She dumped it on Jesus. In our culture, we think that's weird, right? But this is not our culture. This is the Jews. This is, this is normal uh, me messianic culture. And, um, this was tradition that, that when a guest would come into the house for dinner, you'd put some oil on his head to welcome them. But this was not any ordinary guest, right? This was Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one, the, the word made flesh, the one who created the heavens, come down in flesh to redeem his own people and die for their sins. I think we should upgrade the oil, maybe. I don't know. It's pretty expensive. I mean, I love Jesus, but it's pretty expensive oil. I don't know if we should dump it on his head. Verse eight, but when his disciples saw that she dumped it on their head. They were indignant. That means annoyed, irritated, angry. What you doing, girl? Okay. Why this waste, they said. For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much on eBay and given to the poor. You didn't know that? You learn something new every day here. Yeah, they had eBay. eBay has to sell to somebody now that Facebook has taken over. It was selling to people in the Bible days. For this fragrant oil might have been sold and much given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work in me. For you have the poor with you always. But for me, you do not have always, but for a season. You have me for a season. You have them always. 
For in the pouring of this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. See, he's about to go somewhere that they didn't know about yet. We call it the cross. He's foreshadowing to where he's about to go. He's dropping bit by bit, little by little, Mike, as God gives us a little, he gives the increase, right? One waters, one plants, God gives the increase. And here he's given a little bit more to them as time goes on, that this is for my burial. And they're like, what's he talking about? He's like, you're going to see. He says, surely I say to you, verse 13, that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, that this woman has done, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now, what's interesting here is this belief that this woman is Mary. Mary, 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 Martha, 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 the Brady Bunch sisters of the Bible. Remember, Mary was the one who had done the good thing before. Man, what's up with Martha? Can't she just get it right? Why wasn't it Martha over here? I don't know. It was Mary again. You know when you've seen God deliver once, you're going to keep doing more and see him deliver again because you've seen how he works. You know he, he's, he's true to his promise. And when he blessed her once, you know he's going to bless me again. Here I am dumping the good stuff on Jesus's head. And they're all saying, shouldn't have done that. That's worth a lot of money. We could have, we could have cashed that out and gave the money to the poor. We could have done a lot of stuff with it. But Jesus again says, Essentially, she has chosen the good thing. So good, God did so, she did so good that there's going to be a memorial for her, for all of you to remember someday. That's pretty powerful. If Jesus said, hey, Rusty, there's going to be a memorial for the life you lived for me in your name, there's going to be a memorial. That's pretty powerful. If Jesus said it like right to your face, you know, I'm sure he was like kind of, was he doing this, wiping the oil? What if she gave him too much oil? Was it weird? Was it nice shine to his hair? I don't know. Never had oil on my head, except, um, what do they call it, scalp oil? It's good for the scalp, Michelle. Michelle's into hair products, and I just dry. I'm, can, I be real, can I be real with you guys? Like, everybody don't use head and shoulders like me? It's dandruff? Anyway, okay. The problem with this passage is they all thought she had made a mistake, except the one who mattered most in the conversation said she actually did the right thing. So their perception was a little off base on what God wanted versus what they thought God wanted from them. And it, it, it reminded me of being a kid, and uh, I still am sometimes, and um, Michelle has to get me together. And you know when you're like a little kid, like Colton or eight, nine, what do you want to do? You want to grow up. You're in a hurry, right? Your, your perception is, if I get there faster, my life will be better. Colton, he, we just got a new hockey game on the Xbox. And Colton thinks if he's on the team by himself, he will do better than when someone on, like his brother or sister is on the team to help him. He thinks him against all of us, which will crush him. We don't hold, we don't give any mercy in our house, okay? We, we're out there to win. He thinks, he thinks that's going to be better for him until he learns a hard way and we beat him in the hockey game. And, and, then, and then like, you know, when I, when I was a kid, maybe I was 12, 13, I got teased a lot. And I thought, I thought when I'm a little older and I can, can like hit the weights or something, my life will be better. Well, actually it was in that case. But, but most cases I would say like, like when you're older, you think, you think it's gonna be better until you get there. And then what do you do when you're a grown up and you spring in the crazy eyebrow hair? Man, if I could just go back to the simple life, right? Now, let me just throw a disclaimer out there. I would never trade back this life because I don't want to lose my wife and my children like Job. But if I could take them with me, 
back to childhood, the level of accountability is different. The level, the level of joy is different. The, the things that, that trigger the mood are different. Everything's better in hindsight. But when I was in that moment, I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to go forward, forward, forward. When I just get the record deal, I'll be happy. When I just sing like Janet Jackson, I'll be happy. When I can just do something later, it was never enough. Then I'll be happy. I was always in a hurry. Is anybody else ever in a hurry because it's just not enough, you know? So maybe the perception is the problem. And, and I don't know about you, but as a church planner, who loves to hurry? Who likes to, to hurry up and wait on the things of God? Anybody like to wait on God? Come on, somebody, just say, I want to wait a good 10 years for anything good because I want to endure first. Come on, that's everybody, right? You fake Christians. Just kidding. Nobody. Nobody wants to wait. We all want it yesterday. We want, and your baby, and your children, yesterday, yesterday. Can we change the words? Because it's not fast enough. It's not fast enough. I'll say amen when you bless me first. Otherwise, where you at, Lord? Lord. We should rewrite that song and send it to Elevation and maybe they'll put it on their sound and, and then we'll do it like a collab. One seed Elevation collab. Nobody likes to wait. But the problem is waiting is how blessings happen. It's a process. It's not a moment. And so sometimes blessings happen over a season instead of situation. Sometimes the relevance of now is what's determining tomorrow's outcome for blessing. If you really want what God wants to give you, you got to do some things. You got you to go all in. What do, we, what do we say? How's it go? You, oh, look at that. Come on, somebody. She knows, yeah, because she knows you step by step, says the Lord. God says, I got it for you, but you got to step into the water. You got to move. I'm not, I'm not, this is not a library, says the Lord. Like you come, you come into my library, you better be howling for my help because I'm going to come redeem you. I'm going to show you something, but you got to shout my name. You got to live my life. I want to give you, you got to do the things and move forward. I didn't say you had to be perfect, says God, but you got to be active with your faith. Nobody wants to wait for the the pruning season to end because this is rough sometimes. Nobody likes to be pruned. Ew. Prunes are gross. And that's kind of what the apostles did. They judged quickly what she did because it didn't look like what they thought she should have been doing. It didn't look like what, she th- what they thought a God would have done. In fact, it was so contradictory that they actually got annoyed with the situation when Jesus was right there. So don't you think if Jesus was right there and he wasn't, he wasn't um, you know, indignant that they would be cool? But no, they still got annoyed. Have you ever got annoyed with God when you asked him for something and then he did it? And then you said, you said, where were you, God? And he's like, I'm here. I gave you what you wanted. And you're still, you're still like critiquing me and how I do it. And that's kind of what they did. Never stops, never stops working. But I don't like how he's doing it. Waymaker, plug. If we rush God's blessing, if we rush how we handle this oil, we may waste it. The insignificance and inefficiency of squandering right now what appears to be meaningless by putting it on someone's head may be absolutely critical and meaningful to my walk with God. She chose the good thing. The good thing was so insignificant to them that it made them angry, but it was so significant to God that he said she should have a memorial for her burial, that you should all remember this later. 
See, their perception was twisted. They, they had to be nurtured still in their, we call it sanctification, in their walk with God. Because just because I feel it doesn't mean God's not doing something in my life. And if I had to feel God every time he was rooting something inside of me, I would never fully trust God, leaning on his promises that he has my best interest at heart. Touch your neighbor and tell him my subject today. Don't waste it by rushing it. Don't waste it by rushing it. Don't sell that oil. God says, dump it out. We misinterpret what is valuable in our lives and create a costly mistake. That's the, that's the problem, is they had a misconception at what the value was and how to use the oil. So what the, the cost of perception is the problem. They were looking at it wrong. They were looking at it wrong. Some people see a gym. I see a church. See, perception matters. Some people see basketball hoops. I see lights in my face. Perception matters. And so in the moment, when we're pursuing God's promises, we can judge a situation too quick and rush through it to try to get to tomorrow's promise and realize we misjudged it and we just sacrificed the value. We thought we should sell it. Well, they didn't do this. I think I should sell it this time. I think God says, I told you to pour it out. Pour it all out. If I gave it to you, I can refill it. Refill it. I can replenish it. I don't know if anybody's like me, but I'm not like the most patient person. But now that I'm 4'2", can I say 4'2", that's two numbers together, represents an age, and I just won't go 42. And, 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 and the older I've gotten, I've gotten a little more mellow. But the younger me, like if it wasn't producing something visible, tangible, quick, it's gone on to the next idea. Like the maid business, ew. Didn't know that would be so ugly. Didn't know people were so mean when you tried to clean their house. That didn't work. Like the, like, the, like, the, like the software squad, we had a thing we called a .NET SWAT. It's going to be a SWAT team of programmers like 15 years ago. Didn't work. Like, um, I don't know, all the other ideas Michelle could probably tell me later because she doesn't forget anything, and I forget everything. But, but it, was, it was the cost of perception I was sacrificing. That when, when, when I spent enough time doing something valuable, I learned that anything good takes time no matter what. No matter what it is, it takes time to produce results. So you can think it's not worth dumping out on Jesus' head, and you can try to sell that thing off because you want to see the quick uh, outward result, but it takes time to see anything else progress. It takes time to see a church from nothing turn into something. It takes time, consistency. It's, if you all go to the gym and you hit one workout and you're just, you know, Fabio or whoever's cool right now, it's not Fabio, he's, he's older now, I don't know. Can I say old? You know, you know, one workout would be great, right? But that's not how it works. It takes time in the game. You want to be good at singing? It takes time in the game. You want to be good at, at speaking? It takes practice. It takes effort. It takes key. You want to learn piano? It takes practice. It takes time. It takes investment. So as a Christian, what, I, what I've learned not to do is to judge too quick about what God is doing and bail and bail out. Not bail from the Bible, like bail out, okay? It takes time, and God is doing something whether you notice it or not, he is doing something. One waters, one plants, God gives the increase. The disciples thought she wasted the oil. Completely misinterpreted the significance. The perception wasted the moment is what it did because the perception was so off, it was very costly to their understanding. But God's doing something amazing in you today. But he can't have you rushing to the next step of the journey because you won't be able to handle the next step of the journey until you 
already by what he's doing today. He's pruning you. We always think the grass is greener. That's why there's so many options for cookies at the grocery. At Sam's Club, they got those big bulk packs. We always think that, that we need options. We need something quick because if it's not what I want right away, I, I want to change my mind. We have, we have decision ADD on everything. God says stick with something. Stick with it. Quit bouncing around like a ping pong in your decision-making process because, because I work slow and patient, says the Lord. You thought I was wasting your time with that oil, he says. You thought it was wrong that I would squander. Maybe I didn't squander. I just blessed a year's worth of oil, 300 denarii. You thought I'd waste it. God says, I know what I'm doing. And he says, right now, it's relevant. It's relevant. Right now, is relevant. What do he say in 11? He said, for you have the poor with you always, but for me, you do not have always. He's saying, there's a timing on everything, and right now is relevant to me. What she did was relevant right now. The poor will be there when I'm gone. He's trying to show them the cost that they were squandering on their own because they misinterpreted, just like Martha did when she was cooking and cleaning that day. Something about Bethany, the people do the opposite what Jesus is trying to show them right now is relevant. We can just keep changing our mind, doing something different. Well, they didn't have this. I didn't like this. My job just doesn't, they don't talk to me the way I want to be talked. They don't praise me enough. They know my ego's not inflated. They just, right now is relevant. Deal with it. Let it make you better. And, and, and enjoy pruning. Enjoy feedback. You know feedback is a good thing. You know really good leaders love constructive feedback. They love springboarding. They love all these things because it's actually how they grow. If you came into the room perfect, how can you get better? We have to realize there's room for improvement, and maybe someone's there to help me get there. God uses people, you know. He uses people. We all have different gifts and talents and gaps and weaknesses and baggage and all these things, and together we balance each other out. He needs you to lift them up and vice versa. Right now is relevant. We gotta learn to enjoy the moment we're in. Because God's will is in the now. It's in the now. And because we have hope, like that song, it gives me hope. Hope will produce a patience in you. The patience of what drives you through the times in the basement. Because when you don't have any patience left, you remember there's a hope. When everybody says, when everybody's perception is, well, just take take the time off. You're you're small enough. Oh, that irks me. Someone real close to me once said, why don't you just cancel? I said, what? We can't cancel church? Are you crazy? It hurt me here because what they saw was insignificant. What I saw was everything. That's why. I had a, I had a gift given to me years ago by my friend. It was this piece of glass, and it was like footprints in the sand or something. It's an old, and I remember the, the one line. This is when I was chasing the music thing. And it says, and when themes seem the worst, that's when you must not quit. And, and I never forgot that. I was like 18 when I got that. And um, that's not, it's different when it's God's will. You don't really, when you're in God's will, there's no quitting or not quitting. It's just who you are. It's your life. You're having a ministry whether people see it or not. So it's like easier than when it's like a vain thing, like, like, like fame and fortune, like when it's something you want to quit, like you must not quit when it seems hardest. Like with God, it's easier because he's carrying the weight. Remember he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. 
That's what it means. It means when you're in Christ, he's going to lift up the difference. But you have to step actively. Active faith. Touch your neighbor, tell him, don't waste it by rushing it. Our time is, the, the irony in this all is that we don't want to rush it, but our time is moving quickly. It's a vapor. The Bible says this, this world is like a vapor. It's just boom, it's gone. It's just a blink. So we don't want to rush through what's just going to be over in a blink. We want to make the most of it because it's just but a vapor. So we don't want to waste it by rushing it and going, man, I wish I would have tried that. I wish I would have done more for God. I wish, I wish, I wish. But the good news is if you have air to breathe in your lungs, you can still start again. It's not too late because you're 42. It's not too late to start again. It doesn't matter if they did it when they're 30 and they, they have these accomplishments. It's not about, we don't compare our walks with God. God has a purpose over your life. And if you pursue your purpose, God will deliver on his plan for you. No matter when you start, there's something left for you. And then God will do more. He'll do more than he, you even thought he had left for you. He says, what I have left is like, is like the two loaves, it's like the loaves of bread and the two fish. Like it's so much, there'll be leftovers for the entire 20,000 if you conclude the, the wives and children. Like what I have left for you, what you think is just a scrap, is so much more that even when you start 20 years late in the game because you didn't know who I was, I'm still here waiting for you and I'm still gonna deliver my promise to you when you step towards me. You can clap for that. That's a good thing. It matters. It matters. We don't just say it because it sound, sounds good. I just want to keep selling that oil, though. It's like 300 denarii. He wants me to pour it out. You know what the difference is? I feel like, even though they're going to give it to the poor, by them selling it, it was really like about them. And by, by putting it on God's head, Jesus, the Word made flesh. Can I call him God? Because, well, that's who he was. He was the Word made flesh. He was everything that God, the fullness of the God had dwelt in Christ bodily, the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, the Spirit in regeneration, everything that God was, the essence of God. The flesh of Jesus was conceived by the Spirit. There's only one Spirit. Anyway, a theology lesson later. What I'm saying is, when they did it for God, it was for God. When they wasted what they wanted on God's head, it became about him, it became about God. It didn't make sense. My God, it didn't make sense. Why would they not sell it, Larry? It didn't make sense. 300, we call it denaro. they called it denarii. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe that means denarii, denaro in Aramaic. Denaro, like Robert De Niro. Anyway, uh, the difference is when it's for him, is actually how it blesses me. When it's for him, when you dump it on his head, it's actually going to bless me. So I tried to sell it, and it wasn't working, and Jesus says, shame on you. Why are you trying to sell what I blessed? And you're getting annoyed at me, says the Lord. He says, dump it on my head, do what I said, and it will bless you back anyway. Did you know I created you? You think you can outsmart your father? Oh, if Taz was in here. I love using him for an example. What, do you, what did he say? He says, Taz is my eight-year-old. His real name's Colton, but we call him Taz because, you know, well, the Tasmanian angel. So, so like, and, and his little sister's five. She's Tazette because she's like the Tazette angel. And so, so the other day, and he said all kinds of crazy things to me over the years, but now he's eight, and we're, we're, he, said, he said his sister took 
this bunny rabbit Lego from his Lego set that comes prepackaged. You know, now they're all pre-made, like what they're going to be. They're not like you just create your own thing. You have to create what's on the picture. Like, remember when you just made your own thing? Anyway, side Lego rant. So, so he's got this bunny rabbit, okay? And she's like, that's my bunny rabbit he took from my Legos. And he's like, no, no. And he's got a deep voice like this. He's eight, but he's got a man's voice. He's like, no, no, dad, that came in my Lego set. Yes, it did. In Jesus' name. Somehow I got them on this thing that if they're telling the truth, they have to say in Jesus' name. And me and my wife use it on each other too. It works great. You know why? Because we think it matters when you do something in Jesus' name. And that's not why I'm telling you the story. Why I'm telling you this story is, so I'm, I'm trying to sort this out. I go on Amazon and I find the Lego set by the picture of what he built. I look, you know, you can zoom in on Amazon. There's no bunny picture in the, There's no bunny ears in this Lego set. Chloe was right. So I'm going, I'm like, hey, Colton. And he's, 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 why are we still talking about this? I said, did, did you just say that to me? Hey, I say that to you actually, but you can't say that to me. He goes, why are we still talking about this? He's eight and he said it just like that. And I almost, I almost like, I almost hugged him and, and I almost just hugged him. And I said, man, your dad sounds just like that. That's a scary thing. but he thinks he knows more than his father sometimes. But that can never be the case because the thing that gave you the source, the thing that is your source, knows you before you even started because he created you. And when it's for him, it'll bless me. If y'all could stand this morning, I want to close with this thought. Whenever your life's miserable, Anybody ever had a miserable season? How many just had the best season they've been in ever? Whenever your life feels miserable, dump the oil on Jesus. Quit worrying about selling it. Quit trying to figure it out. Just go to God in prayer and put it on him. Put it on him even when it seems costly to do so. Put the oil on Jesus. The oil is part of what he said he'd carry for you, and that oil is holding you back. So put it on him, even when you don't want to, even when you don't feel like it's going to do anything, even when it just sounds like the preacher's just trying to get me excited, but Monday's still going to be lousy. No, I, I challenge you. Put it on him anyway. You step, I step. Because when it's for him, it will bless you, even when it's not the way you wanted it to, even when it hurts through the journey. God knows what you're going through right now. God knows what you're hurting on right now. And even though it hurts and it seems like the end is dark and not light, God says, if you dump the oil on my head, I will bring you through it. I will. Stick with me, says the Lord. You have to stick with me. Even when the world says you're wasting your time, just cancel. I stick with you, God, because I value and I've seen, says Mary, what you've done before. I've seen it. They may discount your efforts this season you're in, but God's going to build a memorial in your name when you look past what's on the surface and say, I need to go deeper. I didn't know all this about Jesus. I don't even know what that pastor said. That's a good sign that God says, okay, take a step forward in faith because there's a lot to learn. 
this book never stops giving life and never stops feeding the poor. And even when you feel full, he's going to show you more. Okay? So we're going to pray right now that even though we're hurting right now, we're hurting for Ben and we're hurting for Cindy and we're hurting for Derek in the hills and, and God knows only everybody else that we don't. We know we will endure because God and his word cannot be defeated. The greatest moments over your life are in the hidden treasures right now. So don't waste it by rushing it. It's right now. It's right now. Every seed you're absorbing right now is building your tomorrow. Don't waste it by rushing it. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful that we can be in this place. We're so thankful for the new faces that just lit this place up. We're so thankful for the existing faces that just keep lighting this place up. Because when God's people, when your people come into this gym, it no longer is for basketball. It's for a house of worship. And the heavens rejoice. And the light comes pouring through those windows because heaven shines down and is singing and dancing with us. And the angels are glad to hear our praises. We're going to go out on top, God, because we know you're the champion over our life. And we know you can't, we can't be defeated when we've got a champion in our corner. And our will is that we live for you and with you, and we don't rush through it, but we absorb it all. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.